What's up, everyone? I'm Katherine Rudder, and this is Life in the Fast Chain. For this episode, we have R3's Ricardo Correa on to talk mainly about central bank digital currencies, but he also talks about cryptos and stablecoins and a lot of other things in this space. It's a great conversation, and I learned a lot, so let's get to it. Ricardo Correa, Head of Digital Currencies. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you. So a little life update on my part. I just got LASIK, which is why my eyes are so red. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And how can you see? <laughs> I can see amazingly. Have you ever had contacts or glasses or anything? No, well, actually, yeah. Just over the last two years, I've had to get glasses, but I'm yeah, told yeah. that after maybe 45, so I'm showing my age a little bit, you should not get LASIK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After a certain point, it's like there's... Because your eyesight is going to deteriorate anyways right. as you get older. So, But that's why I got it at the time that I got it because I'm like, first off, contacts and everything, so expensive. Glasses with a mask is so Pain. annoying. Yeah. Because you also look a little silly when you're talking to someone and then the glasses fog up. <laughs> and you have to remember to kind of position yeah. it. You need to position it. I'm like, how do doctors <laughs> do this? So yeah, I got LASIK. That's Amazing. why my eyes are a little Awesome. Funky. Congrats. Thank you. A week ago today, but literally right after I got it at 1 p.m. by like 6 p.m. I wasn't supposed to open my eyes, but I was like peeking oh out of the thing Catherine, and I could see everything. You, I was like... And you got both of them done at the same time? Yes. 15 minutes, so quick, wow. so easy. It, I've honestly had a harder time getting cavities filled. <laughs> so, like, I think everyone should do it. That's amazing. So, I wish I could. I know. If, if anyone's hearing this and thinking about it, definitely get, it done. get LASIK. So that's my COVID, COVID update. Um, how have you been? I've been good. I, uh, I can't believe summer's gone so quick, to be honest. I know. 1st of September today. We, uh, we went up to the Catskills last week, which was mm. very nice. Actually, Sorry. I went to Woodstock. In New York. Oh, really? What a fun! So you should get LASIK and go to Woodstock. Yeah, yeah, get the. Full I think experience. you should just get the full experience because Woodstock <laughs> was so much fun. That is really fun. cool little town. Have you been? I have not been. No way. I've heard that I have to go there in the past. So you should go. Okay. Now that you've had LASIK, how long? So you were just there for the weekend? Yeah. Well, we went for a week. So Woodstock oh, nice. for a day, and then. We went camping in the middle of the woods. My my yeah. son loves collecting skulls and bones. Oh my god! And so there's. I'd have a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, that took me a while to get used to, but after a while, you kind of go, "It's okay. It's fine. It's, okay. it's not morbid." <laughs> so um, yeah, so it's a great spot. We were up in Delancey and a few other spots up in the woods. Fine. With no cell, no connectivity, so no one could could contact you. It's just great. Yeah. Really good fun. I think I would really like that. I think it would be an adjustment period of like a day of me feeling like I need to be connected. At I all know. Times. I know. But it's especially it, working here. <laughs> it really is that like for the first day, you, you're, you're trying to get used to being present. Yeah. Without anything distracting you. Yeah. And I know that sounds weird. So you're sitting with your kids and you're like, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. How do I talk to this how little do I, human? <laughs> without kind of going, haven't I got an email to send or a message that's coming through? Or... Yeah, that's so it wonderful. Took, yeah, it was great. It was really good. Wow. And yeah. Happy now, to hear it. Thank you. Good. Now we're back. So now do you have 
Corticon is end of September. Yep. Approaching very quickly. Very quick. What are you, are you doing anything for Corticon? Do you have to travel to London for that? Uh, no, we don't. We're doing most of our stuff uh, recorded. So nice. yeah, the team, so the team is doing quite a bit. So okay. CBDCs, digital currencies, yeah. a little bit crazy, crypto gone crazy, who doesn't have totally. Bitcoins and Ethereums? No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all gone a bit nuts. So there's quite a few sessions actually that the team is running and hosting. So it's, it'll That's be fun. That's awesome. It'll yeah. be very fun for anyone who hasn't registered. You have to register for Corticon. Yes. Um, but so now you're head of digital currencies here at R3, but you have been here for a while, like dinosaur years for for <laughs> for our three years because true. we do. I mean, like, I know you were, we're here like before the OGs. me. OGs, I oh know. Oh my gosh! Actually, in the office today is most of the OGs. Yes, don't yes, you think? You're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Tom, I know. I love Charlie. it. Yeah, I love correct. it. I have like. I feel like I've been watching way too much Love Island UK, but I feel like I have like good banter with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> because we were like the OGs. It's so true. Gosh, it's so, it five is fun. Years. Yeah, I but mean, you've had is, so many different roles in that time too. I know. I mean, you know, a startup goes through so many kind of phases. So yeah. it's, I think it's, and a lot of us have. I mean, this is now my fourth role. Oh yeah. Um, you and Todd, I feel like. Todd and I got a little competition going on, I feel. At some <laughs> points, like how many roles have you had? But uh, <laughs> this is my fourth. So I started off in Asia, head mm-hmm. of APAC, for a year and a half, which was fun. I spent most of my time living in an aluminium tube, um, flying around, just like a short trip to Japan is 10 hours. I know. With yeah, such a different mindset over there with like going Distances are just so large. So yeah. that was fun. And then moved across to New York to help build out the partner business with Todd. Yep. So spent three years doing that, which was crazy cool ride. Yeah. Um, last year, set up uh, our advisory services. Mm-hmm. And really, at the same time, CBDC was already heating up. Yeah. So it was like, well, we'll do advisory because folks were asking kind of more about the value added on top of quarter. but. Yep. CBDCs, stable coins, crypto, all heating up. So that was yeah. really a key focus. Yeah. So tell me more about the current state of CBDCs and how they're developing. Yeah, just a step back, I suppose, you know, just from a personal interest perspective, like why why am I in this space before I get into kind of where, where it's headed? So before our three hours with the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, living in Australia, sending money to my mum back in Portugal. Mm-hmm. And what was curious to me is, even though I'd send the same amount, like whatever it is, like a grand a month, let's just say, mm-hmm. what arrived was always a different number. And it would take, you know, two days, three days. Yeah. And I got really curious as to kind of where does this money go um, yeah. over that period of time? So given I was working in a bank, I was like, well, I'll just go and trace my payments. Yeah, see like, where I they all go. I can figure it out. <laughs> um, and I got into the weeds of what's correspondent banking and, mm-hmm. and cross-border payments and how money moves and all the various uh, kind of counterparties and banks and institutions that are involved in moving your money from A to B. Yes. Um, and really today it should be as easy as sending an email. You yeah. know, if I want to send you cash, it doesn't matter where I am, I should just be able, able to send to. and you should receive it within seconds. Yeah. So it kind of developed from there and then, you know, lots of, there's been lots of movement in money innovation over the last, I'd say, two, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, the state of play today is 
pretty pretty hot. The BIS's latest survey suggests that 85 of all central banks around the world are now exploring CBDCs. And of those, about 40% are actually developing some kind of a prototype or a pilot. Cool. So that's, I mean, the number, that is it 195, 198 central banks? It fluctuates. But let's just say there's 200 central banks. Mm-hmm. That gives you a sense of kind of the momentum that's going on. So yeah. it's pretty hot, pretty hot stuff. It's so wild, especially in the last two years, which is obviously how right. you started focus, like shifting your focus. Um, but you were obviously ahead of it too before. A little bit. Well, <laughs> well, our three was. I mean, we've yeah. been... We've been working in this space since 2016, so shortly after I joined, actually. The Bank of Canada was looking at a burning platform for their RTGS. I remember that. Remember that, Jasper? I do. Big deal, you know. We didn't call it CBDC, did we? We just called it Cash on Ledger. Yes. Let's just get cash on the ledger. I just had like a brain blast from the past. Yeah, I remember. Five years, Catherine. It's crazy. So So, um, crazy. So Jasper then led to kind of the marathon that was Uber, you know, out of Singapore. And that was, I believe, four years, five phases, lots of kind of exploration around domestic and wholesale CBDCs. And and then moved to, I think it then moved to Hong Kong, from Hong Kong to Thailand. And then more recently, we see South Africa and the 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 coolest project that I'm working on right now is Project Jura, which is the French and the Swiss. Really cool. Yeah. There has yeah. to be, I mean, so yeah. So tell me a little bit, what else is R3 doing in the CBDC space? Because there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. I think, you know, with all the momentum that's going on last year, we decided that what was appropriate was to set up a working group. And mm-hmm. arguably last year was the year of the CBDC working group. Yeah. Right. So there was a few. We participated in one or two that weren't ours. We invited some to participate in ours just to cross-pollinate where we were learning um, and exploring. Um, So that working group, we had some very specific goals. Mm -hmm. The goals were to bring public and private sector together. Typically, we speak different languages. So it was nice to bring kind of public and private to kind of one discussion Mm -hmm. um, and really to take that discussion to a set of conclusions so that we could Mm -hmm. build something, you know, Oftentimes in these really complicated spaces, you find yourselves in these circular debates. Yeah. Like, should it be green or blue? Should we turn left or right? Should it be up or down? And then, and unless you do it, you don't know the impact of making that decision. Yeah. So really the idea was, hey, let's build something. Yeah. And then we can throw stones at it mm-hmm. and kind of tear it down and put it back up. Mm-hmm. But at least we've got a starting point. Yeah. And so we did that. We ran a working group last year. It was pretty successful. We managed to kind of gather the requirements that we needed to build out a sandbox. And we launched that sandbox this year in private preview in March. And then we opened it up into public preview in July. So cool. Yeah, Because R3 loves their working groups, as we've known. We always, we had like DAWG, Digital Assets Working Group, the dog, we had... Oh, we had so AWG. many. We've had AWG. a lot of working groups, but this, this one specifically led to the sandbox, but that wasn't the initial goal, right? Well, it just we, came kind of to we, fruition? Yeah, or? kind of. We kind of had a, an idea early, kind of even in July as this really started to heat up, which was, well, you know, what's the point of the working group if all we can do is yeah. kind of write a document? And typically yeah. that's what you get, right? You do a working group and you go, Ta-da, here's all our research. Yes. Everyone gets to take the research home. 
So we wanted to kind of spice it up a little bit. And we thought, yeah. let's, let's build something. We're a tech company. We can build stuff. Let's go ahead and build something. So we knew we wanted to build something. We just cool. weren't, we kind of hadn't drawn the boundary around it as clearly as we have today. Yeah. And, you know, we, we started the year with uh, Todd, co-founder, as we know, uh, with his new mantra of show, don't tell. Yeah. Like, let's just show stuff rather yeah. than tell people stuff. So, so yeah, we kind of had an inkling, but today... Obviously, it's a lot more kind of clear and yeah. lots going on in the sandbox. Really cool. What has the response to the sandbox been? Yeah, you know, I, I've i been in kind of startup for a long time. What was really delightful is um, as we finished doing the first iteration and started to showcase it, um, you felt like you struck a chord yeah. and it was the first chord to a wicked melody. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it was like, great, I've just got to put a few more of these chords together and we can really string together a cool melody that makes sense. So, yeah. so that was great. You know, we, we know, we know that we've struck a chord. We know that, yeah. you know, the response has been really great. We've got mm -hmm. over 20 customers today onboarded. We've got another 10 uh, going through the process and this is both public sector and private sector, large, yeah. very large institutions to very small institutions yeah. from central banks, commercial banks to payment companies. So it's really good so fun. Cool. Um, we have, in terms of what the sandbox gives you, it gives you wholesale money issuance. So, you know, a central bank creating money. Mm -hmm. issuing that money down to big commercial banks and then those commercial banks being able then to distribute that money into the retail sector. Yeah. So, yeah, it's starting. There's a lot more work to be done. Yeah. Um, you know, here in the U.S., we say a lot more wood to chop. Yeah. But, you know, there's more to be done on the kind of the money market side, the last mile side. But I think we've yeah. done a really good job of capturing the core. Yeah. Well, also, you guys have a pretty lean <clears throat> team, too, and you've done a lot with yeah. a pretty small team because this is huge and there's so much it's it's like everyone's talking about how great the sandbox is and, and oh cool like just it, <laughs> nice oh thanks <laughs> but within the company too i feel like on the marketing team we're like constantly talking about what a great like it's great because like you said it show don't tell yeah um, and it I was hot and all of his little things like done not perfect show don't tell <laughs> Yeah, his little uh, little giveaways, but but you're right. Listen, the team, it just goes to show, you know, you um, and this is quite common. You know, organizations start very lean, very nimble, mm -hmm. and over time, you kind of get a little bit kind of uh, mature. You grow, you you yeah. start to put process in place, and you slow down. Yeah, and you know, this just goes to show, and you break out a small team that's out of that particular mode yeah and you just give them the freedom to run with yeah. no process no kind of you know <laughs> you can just run us and and the team is phenomenal yeah so you know stefano adam michael evgeny will taylor balavi you know on the tech side yeah. and then on the field side you know um willie lim does a great job out in apac one of our key smees harrison yeah uh, you know, Austin Powers, Appleby, little, little uh, kind of, you know, grenade, a little fireball that we have in the office yeah. um, and others that I may forget. But, you know, cool little team. We're, yeah. we're small, but really yeah. nimble. I actually was on a call yesterday um, and I won't blow up their spot, but 
the person I was talking to was like, Willie Lim, we, he is a, a nice little gem that we have not <laughs> taken advantage of enough. Like, your oh, whole he's... team, honestly. Yeah, but listen, I did that yesterday amazing. on a call. Literally, someone said that. They're like, we got to get Willie Lim out here. <laughs> oh, he's amazing. Willie's another little kind of firecracker, really. I mean, yeah. the, only, the only kind of uh, feedback I have for Willie is I think this guy needs to sleep a little bit more than he does. I can send him a message at like three in the morning. And within five minutes, Willie's sent me a message. So, um, you know, that's that's my only kind of feedback for Willie. Right. Get more sleep, Willie. Yes, we will. I'll have to write that down <laughs> in the show notes. Um, so outside of the sandbox, what do you think we can expect out of um, central bank digital currencies in the future? Yeah, great question. I mean, where does this all go, I think? Yeah. Um, so, you know, digitization of things isn't new, you know, uh, photography and yeah. kind of things that we've, like, you and I can see every day. Yeah. Money, though, I mean, money's been digital for a while, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you've got it on your phone, you've got, you know, you've yeah, got Venmo. your bank apps and Venmos and what have you. I think on the CBDC side, the difference is that you've got central bank money, which is different to the money that we have in our wallets mm -hmm. in that if, you know, uh, you know, JP Morgan should default, God forbid, or Citibank or Barclays yeah. or whatever. Um, your claim on a CBDC is not with them, but with the central bank that guarantees yeah. the value that you hold. Yeah. So, so the difference being that, and also the difference being that, depending on how you set up your CBDCs, you can really, um, you can really harness uh, kind of tremendous efficiencies in the way that money is settled. Yeah, yeah. So I think, listen, where does this all go? We expect that in the next kind of five years, you'll see more issuances of CBDCs from central banks. Cool. You'd expect that money um, starts to be more fluid. Yeah. In that, I mean, and not just CBDCs, but other forms of digital money. Yeah. In, in, and by that, I mean, you know, you come to work every day. You work, mm -hmm. you know, eight, nine, ten hours a day. Your, your account should be kind of moving up for every second you're working, you know, money is more fluid versus kind of lumpy. Yeah. And your money's lumpy today. You get paid every two weeks or every month or whatever yeah, it may yeah, be. Yeah. So fluidity of money, more issuances of uh, CBDCs, the ability to move money globally, really at the speed of email. I mean, we should get that yeah. right now. I mean, yeah. that has to happen. Yeah, and again, it's not only CBDCs. It's, it's it other things like stable coins. Yeah. Yeah. So good transition into, I've, I've talked about stable coins before on the podcast, but for other people who aren't 100% sure, what is a stable coin? How is that different from CBDCs or other digital currencies? Right. So I, I think the main, so a couple main differences. Number one, it's not issued by a central bank. Typically, yep. it's issued by a commercial bank. Mm -hmm. um, and when it's issued by a commercial bank, the commercial bank will will uh, have, um, it'll be backed by, typically, you'll see either kind of the fiat currency backing, yep. right? A dollar, a pound, a euro, whatever mm -hmm. it may be, or a basket of stuff. You know, it could be fiat, or it could be HQLA, high-quality liquid assets, or whatever it may be. Um, the, the big difference is, is that, um, again, being issued by not a central bank, you know, you have a risk of default from a commercial entity. And the other thing that we're seeing, of course, is that the backing, the collateral that backs the stablecoin changes over time. So you're like, yeah. hey, you know, you, you kind of read the white paper and you kind of look at the collateral and it's like, oh, today it's backed by 
do, a kind of one stable coin equals one dollar. Yeah. Over time, it's like, hey, it's no longer one dollar. It's like fifty cents, and then we added a few other things. Yeah. You know, like HQLA, and over time, the collateral that backs that stable coin may change, so it introduces more risk. Yeah. Um, not to say that there's not great benefits in, in stable coins. We see yeah. tremendous benefit. Mm-hmm. But not opportunity. as much risk as, like, obviously other cryptocurrencies. That's oh, like God, yeah. Stable. Oh, stable. I <laughs> mean, it's, a, stable. it's given away a little bit more stable. <laughs> and also, I think, listen, from a regulation perspective, we're seeing the regulators kind of provide a little bit more guidance. Here in the U.S., mm-hmm. the OCC opened up this year saying, hey, here is a little bit more guidance on stable coins. If you're a federated bank in the U.S., you can use stable coins for interbank payments mm, okay. and settlement, which is really great. So now, you know, from a regulatory perspective, I mean, CBDCs are issued by the central bank. So that's mm. a done deal more or less, yeah. right? But stable coins, more regulation, and we want more regulation on stable coins. Oh, you do? Oh, absolutely. We want to be able to kind of have confidence that the collateral backing is what it is and remains what it is. We can check it. We can validate it in real time. Okay. Um, and action, and eventually, I mean, you do want more regulation as you move into other digital currencies, cryptos, etc. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like all the crypto crazies out there who don't want regular, <laughs> regular, like regulators to get involved because they just want to see it like skyrocket would be like, excuse me, Go no, away. we don't. Um, but yeah, no, that's good to know that as like the regulators are getting more involved, that's like a, a positive thing. Yeah, for us, definitely. I mean, our heritage, Catherine, you know, because we are the, uh, we've been here long enough. We started with the central banks. Mm-hmm. Do you recall, I think I met Charlie Cooper the first time in Japan. He was doing a world tour meeting, I think, a hundred central bankers around the world. Oh, my God. Right? It was like he was traveling from country to country, just doing a roadshow, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that we were kind of really aligned from a regulatory yes. perspective. Yes. You know, the difference here at R3 is you want to be able to issue digital currencies that are regulated. Yes. You know, so we start at the back end, if you like, really with the regulator and then move, kind of make our way up to the retailer. Kind of here's a a digital asset or a digital currency that you can have confidence in that's regulated and secured. Yeah. Yeah. I I love the stuff that the government relations team does here at R3, another lean team, very lean team. Um, but like, yeah, Charlie going out and talking to regulators and like, he's been doing it for years now and it's just so fun to watch. Yeah. They're, they're pretty damn cool. They, they lean, but they, they certainly punch above their weight. Oh my gosh. Totally. Yeah. It's very, I find it really interesting anytime they talk about when they're going out to talk to X, Y, Z about, I feel like they've just gotten ahead of it in the space. Um, yeah. And they're being called on. I mean, we've had. Yeah. We've had pretty uh, big discussions with, you know, payment companies, global payment companies calling on our reg team, yeah, you know, to come really and cool. kind of give them a view on what the landscape is, where it's going and et cetera. Yeah. And, you know, they stay close to kind of, you know, what's happening here with the Fed, what's happening with the Euro and, yeah. and kind of the, uh, the Eurozone and APAC as well, which is super hot yeah. on, on digital currencies. So, yeah, really lucky, really I lucky know. to have that team. Um, so is Arthur doing anything in the stablecoin space? Yeah, listen, we've had, uh, we've had a few projects that have been, uh, kind of organic custom on stablecoins with some of our members, which has been great. Uh, use cases there really are around intra bank payments and money movement. So, 
you know, we're all familiar with JP Morgan coin, you know, yeah. the issuance of a coin that's backed by fiat that's used to settle kind of payment obligations across their own ecosystem. That's yeah. a cool little use case. Yeah, you know, so example. yeah, it's a great example. So we've had a few of those. What we're looking to do, and this is aspirational, so uh, not confirmed, uh, so no bank <laughs> on it, but what we're looking to do is bring more stablecoin capability into the sandbox where yeah, cool. you can issue s uh, CBDCs, but then you can also issue stablecoins. So huh. that's aspirational, would love to get there, but again, yeah. more work to be done there. A lot of work to be done, just generally. A lot of work. <laughs> we need another summer break. I know, I yeah. know, and we're getting into the thick of it. And also, I do find Corticon <clears throat> really does, whether it's in person or virtual this year, we're still hoping for both. Um, yeah. Who knows? I'm like so scared with the way that the world is going. But yeah. um, the Corticon always drums up so much interest. I feel like you guys are going to get like completely bombarded. It's a good problem. It's have, a good like, problem. Bombarded I... with like interest because yeah, it's, it's such a good example of like making progress in the space and not just fluff. Yeah. And I think you're right. Listen, I've been to Corticon for five is it Forever. five years now well We've because we used to it was a Corticon, but we never we didn't call it Corticon for a little bit yeah we didn't did we they were we had like member conferences or whatever yeah again oh geez oh geez man <laughs> but um i i typically by set my second day my voice is shot you oh know gosh, yeah. i'm well, completely naked the and then so of like... course and then other things happen <laughs> but um but this year i think that's going to be double trouble for sure i mean yeah. you know i've I think I've said this to a few folks, you know, when looking for the killer app and blockchains and so on, it's kind of been in front of us the whole time, you know, mm -hmm. money and cash yeah. and assets really is yeah. super critical. You know, once you have, you know, cash and assets on Ledger, you can, I mean, there's no end to the opportunity. We yeah. can really start to, to kind of collapse, you know, the payment systems and the asset systems that we have today into one. And that's super exciting. So, really yeah, the interest is white hot at the moment, which is yeah. good. It's Good problem. Get. <laughs> champagne problems. Yeah, champagne problems. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. Of today. course, this absolutely. Was so much fun. Yay. I also learned more about just generally. Obviously, I knew I know what we're doing with the sandbox and CBDCs and stuff right. too. But it's really cool talking to you, um, just to kind of learn more about it. And I also love the tidbit about you sending money to your mom <laughs> being like why it's really the annoying is so ridiculously hard or complicated it's really annoying you send a thousand bucks but 700 arrives one time and then you send a thousand bucks and then 750 arrives and then sometimes it's 650 and as you follow your money through the correspondence system yeah. it's crazy complicated it shouldn't be today yeah. so yeah that's the that's the goal Ah, oh, it's so funny. Sometimes it just takes, yeah, one one of those things in your life to be like, I'm going to do something. About I'm going to fix it. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, oh, wicked. Excellent. Thank, Thank you. So you. For Thanks for having me. That was fun. this episode of Life in the Fast Chain. As I mentioned when talking to Ricardo, we have Corticon coming up 
uh, September 28th to the 30th. The first day is in person, hopefully. Um, and the next two days are virtual. So definitely sign up for Corticon if you haven't. Corticon.com, very easy to remember. Um, and we're posting a lot of updates about speakers and sessions and everything to that website. So definitely check that out and register. Come if you can. If you can't, you can always watch the sessions online for the virtual days. Um, yeah, share the podcast with your friends and family and keep an eye out for episodes in the next few weeks. We'll definitely get a lot of good content around Corticon. Thanks. Thanks.